Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe for this Monday, the 23rd of January in London, coming up this hour. Masters of the Universe, Citadel fortifies investors with a record-breaking $16 billion return. The ECB is not for turning. The Dutch central banker calls for at least two more half-point hikes. Capital earnings, big pay hikes help Londoners escape the worst of the UK's cost-of-living crunch. How fast are prices really rising? The UK economy turns a corner and one trillion dollar coins. Those are the stories we're looking at in today's papers. I'm James Walcock. Plus, city workers hang on for bonuses before hunting for new jobs. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe on DAB Digital Radio London, Bloomberg 1130 New York, Bloomberg 991 Washington DC, Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Cirrus XM Channel 119 and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business App. Good morning, I'm Stephen Carroll. And I'm Caroline Hepke. Here are the stories that we're following today. Citadel made a record $16 billion last year. That's the largest ever profit for a hedge fund, surpassing the $15 billion that John Paulson generated in 2007 on his bet against subprime mortgages. In total, the top 20 hedge funds generated $22.4 billion in profits after fees, according to estimates by LCH Investments. But it is a different story outside the industry giants, with hedge funds overall losing $208 billion last year. LCH estimated that while the top 20 managers returned 3.4%, the rest of funds it studied lost an average of 8.2%. Okay, that's the big market story. Uh, The ECB policymaker Class Knot has called for multiple 50 basis point rate hikes as central bankers publicly differ on the rate path ahead. The Dutch monetary policy chief says that he expects tightening to continue until the summer. Last week at Davos, President Christine Lagarde said that monetary policy needed to stay the course. We have to also stay that course of resilience that we observed in 22. So stay the course is my mantra for monetary policy purposes. No question about that. But I think other players must also do the same thing. Lagarde spoke as the Eurozone's price gains are finally showing signs of easing thanks to plunging natural gas costs. Bloomberg reporting suggests that slowing inflation has led some officials to consider 25 basis point hikes in future. Big pay hikes have helped Londoners to weather the worst of the UK's ongoing cost-of-living crunch, according to new research. With the details, here's Bloomberg's Ewan Potts. 
London's residents saw their wages adjusted for inflation slip by just £9 a week over the past year. This, according to analysis by the Centre for Economics and Business Research. The data suggests Londoners did better than other parts of the UK, partly because of faster pay rises, which on average surpassed 8% over the past year. However, the rest of the UK didn't fare so well. On average, real wages dropped by £19 a week, while Northern Ireland saw the biggest drop, a slide of £26 a week. The figures will add to pressure on the government's levelling up strategy, which has faced increasing criticism and scrutiny in recent weeks. In London, I'm Ewan Potts, Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. Well, let's stick with pay for a moment. City of London workers are staying put as they wait for bonuses to be paid. Data from Morgan McKinley's Autumn London Employment Monitor shows that there was a 23% drop in job seekers for finance roles in the last three months of 2022. Increasing costs of living and the emergence of flexible work has pushed many professionals into looking for new jobs. Morgan McKinley found that workers who do move firm uh, in the final quarter of last year at least, they saw their pay rise by an average of 21%. Wall Street's focus this week will be on earnings with several big technology names scheduled to report. Here's Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet with a look ahead of what to expect. This week we hear from Intel, IBM and Texas Instruments. Those reports come as big tech companies slash tens of thousands of jobs amid a slowing economy and sputtering profits. Sarah Hunt is portfolio manager at Alpine Woods Capital Investors. I think that some of the concerns that people had about the first quarter could get pushed into the second quarter and the third quarter because earnings may or may not be holding up. We don't really have an answer yet. We've seen a little bit of divergence on the financials depending on where you are. But I think it's really going to be what's going to happen to profit margins, what's going to happen to earnings. Also this week, we'll be hearing from 3M, Boeing, GE, Johnson & Johnson, MasterCard, Visa, Southwest Airlines and American Airlines, among many others. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. So those are a few of our top stories for you this morning. So in terms of earnings, um, Charlie Pellet was listing all of the different companies that are going to report this week. I think one of the big focuses is on tech jobs mm. in London. There's kind of seems to be a bit of a jobs theme this morning. Are you, you know, how concerned is the industry about tech layoffs? You've got Spotify now planning layoffs. And then the Morgan McKinley story around city workers. Obviously, everyone's waiting for their bonus to be paid before they make any decisions. But it's quite interesting that people are quite nervous, clearly. Yeah, and what options people will have as well. I remember some of the announcements from last week. We still don't have the impact of, for example, um, Alphabet's job cuts. It mm. won't, workers in Europe won't find out yet where things are going to go because the announcements are being rolled out across regions. So the US heard last week, but if you're in APAC, you'll hear uh, after the Lunar New Year holiday and then uh, European workers will hear after that whether or not their jobs are going to be affected. So this is going to be quite a stretched out story for people who are actually being affected by these tech job cuts as well. Well, although I, I some of our reporting was really interesting on that because actually the communication from some of these tech firms has been a bit wanting in the sense that they, they haven't always communicated very well to those employees who's staying who's going so that might be another issue we don't know for people elsewhere in Europe. Up next who measures inflation best is the UK data as grim as it seems and can you mint your way out of your problems? The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc.
Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial Advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing, entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Now, the paper review on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. The news you need to know from today's papers. Now, Bloomberg's James Wilcock joins us uh, with the details on the front pages. A lot of economists commenting in the newspapers today. The FT is leading on the CBI's Tony Danker, saying that Sunak is burdening the UK economy with legislative chaos and is falling behind the US and EU when it comes to the race for greener business. But then you've also picked up on some other comment pieces. The former Bank of England policymaker Andrew Sentence in The Times. The headline there, James, reads, Confused about the rate of inflation? You have every right to be. Why? Yes, Caroline. It's uh, it's one for the nerds. I mean, so the line from Sentence is, if you're trying to measure inflation, you could pick any one of four realistic metrics that are in the UK. CPI, RPI, the Retail Pricing Index, RPIX, which is Retail Pricing that's without mortgage costs, or CPIH, which is the ONS. S's chosen measure, which includes this housing-related costs, which they measure by making homeowners be treated as if they're renters in their econometrics. Now, he says this matters, because when you're trying to calculate how much things have gotten worse for people, take teachers, since 2010, their pay is roughly 10% worse, uh, sort of in real terms, by CPIH, but is 24% in RPI. So when we're having these arguments about price raises and how much people deserve in salaries, he says it's almost hard to tell, because we haven't decided on one clear measure. And he says it's something that actually, in statistics terms, the UK needs to figure out before we can get a grip of its salary problems. Mm, interesting. Okay, so another economist, Roger Bootle from Capital Economics, writing in The Telegraph, headline there, Britain's economy seems to be turning a corner 
But don't get your hopes up just yet. I mean, I'd like to bring optimism on a Monday morning, Stephen. Um, Bootle's point is this is a global recovery, as it was a global problem. And the big thing for Europe is it's actually looking like a better picture than the US. When we're seeing sort of these big changes in energy prices having fallen much further than expected, that is impacting Europe much better. And although the, Europe- the British economy in particular is quite murky, it has a very tight labour market, sad, still rising much faster than the BB would like, Bootle's point is actually there is a lot to be hopeful about in the latest Data, although he says it's by no means over yet in terms of some of the murky pictures you see around, say, government spending, which is coming in a lot worse than would be expected. OK, that's very interesting. Um, the Wall Street Journal reporting on an issue out of the US. Of course, the US debt ceiling story. Janet Yellen dismisses minting $1 trillion coin to avoid default. I mean, it was on my Christmas list, a $1 trillion coin. Sadly, <laughs> no, no luck from Janet Yellen. And how this would work, for those of you who haven't followed the sheer insanity of US politics and where it's gone, to is because of the debt ceiling and last Friday the US hits its amount of debt that it can borrow the limit that Congress sets that it has since the early 1900s Janet Lennon the Treasury could some Democrats have argued use her power to mint coins to mint a coin of any domination so why not just mint a one trillion dollar coin and that would pay off the US debts but the problem is Yellen who has also been a chair of the Fed in the past says the Fed probably wouldn't accept it and given she's in charge of the Treasury and she's done the Fed's job before that's probably a pretty water tight argument, but that means for a lot of the Democrats on the left, there are no easy ways out as Congress sets down for a sort of very difficult argument about how to deal with the roughly $31.4 trillion of debt that it has on the cards. Uh, with the House now split, the House now being in Republican control, it's set to be a few months of wrangling. Yeah, I do enjoy every time this story comes up. Mm. Uh, I think, will, will Janet Yellen be the person to put it to bed, given the fact that she's done both jobs? Probably not. Uh, no, probably not. And also, I would just add the caveat, you know, that whatever is done on the Democratic side at one point will then be copied on the Republican side. So that, I think, has to be taken into account. You know, if you decide to, uh, yeah, to, to mince such a coin, then then the opposition side, when they come in, perhaps will do the same. That's often tit for tat in US politics. Thanks so much, James Wilcock, for a look through the newspapers. Well, let's turn back to central banks now. The Fed is in its blackout period ahead of next week's meeting, but there's plenty of other central bank news to digest. The ECB's governing council member, Klaus Knott, calling for a 50 basis point hike in February and March, while Uli Ren says there are grounds for significant increases in winter and early spring. Our chief rights correspondent, Garfield Reynolds, joins us now for more. Garfield, are we getting any clearer picture from the ECB as regards what it might do at its next meeting, given the economic outlook appears to be improving well i mean with the economic outlook improving that is tending to perhaps help to back those like mr cannot who are looking for a 50 basis point hike at the meeting uh markets are seeing that as about a 70 percent chance or so something like that so a decent chance uh and certainly you know the ecb is in a very different situation to the fed the fed is saying, you know, we got to restrictive, now we can slow down, take our time, take a look, how much damage is being done to the economy. In Europe, there's still this strong sense of urgency that they need to get ahead of the game after having been behind the game on inflation for too long. So that makes 50 basis points likely, although not you know, cemented, uh, and there's going to be similar sorts of calculations you know, going forward. The pricing is at the moment about a 70% chance for a 50 basis point hike this coming meeting, and then probably similar or maybe a little bit less 
for another 50 basis points in March. So you've got that hawkish bias there, but this is the ECB after all. Uh, it's not an easy beast to wrangle, getting the consensus that's needed. Uh, there's a lot of factors going on. And although there is that economic resilience, Europe is still facing a slowdown. So it's a very tricky one. Yeah, absolutely not an easy beast to wrangle. I like that. Um, the Fed is in a blackout period, but there's still some data that comes out this week that we should consider. What are you watching out for? Well, yeah, I mean, we do get the core PCE deflator and the University of Michigan survey, which includes inflation expectations. Yeah, those those are coming up. Those are important data points. I mean, in a lot of ways, though, you sort of feel as though the, the main data points have been out there. And by now, it would be a surprise if the Fed didn't go down to a 25 basis point hike. They've had plenty of opportunity to kick back against market pricing that they would do that. And instead, they've, they've kind of encouraged it. Partly, perhaps, they may be trying to, as it were, work with the market and say, well, yes, it seems reasonable to us to slow to 25 basis points. But as Waller was saying uh, over the weekend, or the last week, um, they expect to do more than one 25 basis point hike, and they expect to keep rates higher for quite some time. So both of those messages are the ones that they've had problems getting across to the market. So you know, we, we also have the prospect for further disappointment or further turmoil if the market gets too far ahead of itself in thinking yeah. the Fed is going to be an easy touch. In terms of uh, looking elsewhere, we had minutes in the Bank of Japan meeting in December. Some interesting nuggets in there around discussions over easing yield curve control. Yes, indeed. And, and uh, it, in some ways, it's a little bit um, unfortunate. It took uh, longer for the minutes to come out than it did for us to get to another meeting because in the minutes they were talking about the need to make clear that this tweak doesn't recommend a, doesn't represent a policy change. Now. Governor Kuroda did say words that affect immediately after the December meeting, but still, a lot of investors went into this month's meeting thinking that what had been a policy change, as it were, that it had been a hawkish move to double the yield cap, and the BOJ ended up very rudely disabusing them of that notion by bringing out a range of measures to slap the yield back down. Uh, it's falling for a fourth straight day today. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, your morning brief on the stories making news from London to Wall Street and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed every morning on Apple, Spotify and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning on London DAB Radio, the Bloomberg Business app and Bloomberg.com. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. I'm Caroline Hepke. And I'm Stephen Carroll. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day, right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. 
join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.